but I couldn't stay away. I couldn't fight it. I had hoped you'd see my face and that you'd be reminded that for me, it is no Here's the announcement. Patrice Bergeron, 1,000 games. Welcome back to the Something's Brewing Podcast, episode 51. 51. The Ryan Spooner episode. Man. Ryan Spooner, you know, just one of those guys you think about when you think. I think he's kind of lumped in with the the, like the JFKs of the world and like Jordan Karan's. Oh, yeah. Spooner was at least a little decent. Yeah. Spooner was kind of fun for a little bit. He had he showed us he showed flashes in the pan every now and then. Whenever I hear Ryan Spooner, I always think of Ryan Donato because I had uh, (laughs) I had a Boston Runs on Donato shirt. But it was it was like (laughs) like the Dunkin Donuts coloring, like the Dunkin Donuts, uh, like logo meme kind of thing whatever happened to ryan spooner by the way ryan spooner um uh was he in the rangers? yeah i was gonna say eventually he ended up with the rangers and then edmonton and then vancouver and it was kind of it was over after that we'll say but <laughs> de- de- i mean decent career for spooner with the bruins actually he played 253 games he had 142 points that's actually like not that bad how many points and how many games 142 and 253 for ryan spooner that's not bad. Yeah. No, I mean, that's he's not bad. bottom bottom six minutes. I mean, that's serviceable. He was a, he had 49 points in 2015, 2016. Like that's pretty good. Really? <laughs> is, okay. Hey, is, okay. Is, is Ryan Spooner underrated? <laughs> Should we maybe make a little room in the rafters next to 37 and 12 for 51 oh, to hang up? There? There, there, there it is. All right. Well, so today, uh, oh, God. Yep, yeah, here we go. So today, uh, we got the news. Patrice Bergeron hangs him up. 19 years in the NHL for Patrice Bergeron. Um, one of the one of the Bruins all-time greats. 
top five for sure. He, oh my God, I don't even know where to start with this dude. Like he played over 1200 games in the NHL, all with the Bruins over a thousand points. Um, NHL's best two-way forward of all time, despite what ESPN says, saying he's one of the best. <laughs> no, 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 ESPN. Again, with uh, another hockey take that's an L. He's the best two-way <laughs> hockey player of all time. Um, I mean, god damn. How lucky were we, dude, to ex- not only experience Bergeron for 19 years, but to have him play every single game in the NHL with the Bruins, have him as an assistant, next to Zidane Chara, eventually as the captain, um, set the example for all these younger guys on the team that just looked up to him, not only as a player, but as an individual and as a human being, just how to treat people, how to, you know, take ownership of your responsibilities and truly how to be a professional in in hockey and in life. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I like... First of all, I got to stop talking on this podcast because about three weeks ago, I said there's no way that Tyler Bertuzzi is not coming back to the Bruins. Ever since the season ended, even while the season was going on last year, pretty much every episode I said, don't even worry about Bergeron. He's coming back next year. And to find out that he retired, I don't know if you saw Ty Ty Anderson's tweet today, but he retired back in May. Because the video yep. that the Bruins put out today when all the players were giving their farewell speeches, which we will get into in a little bit, they're all wearing the same clothes they were wearing on media day. So the team's known for a while. But, you know, it's it's rare in sports that um, you see a transcendent star or, you know, an icon in the sport of hockey. And even like Patrice Bergeron, he he's not the biggest name in terms of uh, casual hockey fans. Like, I'm sure if you were to ask people on the West Coast, or I always shit on the West Coast, let's pick somebody else. Uh, <laughs> Southern United States, you know, if you were to ask a, a random fan walk on the street in a jersey, I'm sure most of them would know Patrice Bergeron, but they would give you Ovechkin or they would give you Sidney Crosby or something like that before Bergeron. But the amount of respect and... Um, recognition that Bergeron gets by his peers, I think tells you all you need to know about not just who he was as a player, but as a person as well. I mean, it's rare you see a star uh, in in a professional sport stay on one team for their entire career too. I mean, look around you. Freaking Tom Brady left the Pats. I mean, Mookie Betts got traded. I know these are just, you know, Boston teams, but all around the league in every sport, you see big name players leave their team and to have 19 seasons of Patrice Bergeron here, you know, when he came in as a rookie, and it's not even just his level of play all 19 seasons, but the Bruins were a damn good team. Almost every single year he was here, they were in the in the thick of it, making a run. Of course, he went to three cups, and they won in 2011. But, like, I think of Chicago and, like, Patty Kane and Jonathan Taves. I mean, they just got, tra- you know, Taves, they said, don't come back, and Kane got traded at the deadline. And they sucked the last couple yeah. years when they, when they were still there. I mean, that's never something that Bergeron had to experience, and – the culture, I mean, we talked about when we had the whole Chara episode, you know, the culture changing when Chara came in. And, and you know, it, it's Spit and Chicklets tweeted out a video today of when Chara was talking about Bergeron on, on uh, their podcast. And he was saying he couldn't he couldn't have done anything without Bergeron. And that, you know, even though Chara had the C and he was the captain, he never saw it that way. And there was a bunch of co-captains in the room and it started with Bergeron. And you could see it, you know, in that in that video. That Did you see the video that the Bruins tweeted today? That, that three-minute video uh, of... Dude, just heart wrenching. How 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 gut wrenching was that video? I mean, it, it was tough to get through. But did you happen to hear McAvoy as well? What he was saying? Yeah, he was I saying, did. He, you know, he was he was saying he hopes to uh, 
you know, make him proud and carry on the tradition of, of being a leader. And there was a lot of speculation around McAvoy's quotes and, and kind of, you know, the tone that he was speaking in and his body language kind of made people assume that the leadership role maybe it wasn't given to him yet, but it's been alluded to that he he's going to have, you know, a big part of the leadership core of this team in the future. And people think he may be the next captain. And it's definitely a possibility. <laughs> Yeah, I think um first of all that that video was was a hard watch, man. <laughs> like, it, it was, dude. It was those guys. Dude, um, Marshawn Marshawn's uh, little 30, 45 seconds, he was tearing up. It, yeah, uh, I, I was gonna say I, I have the video in front of me. I was gonna go around and, and just play a couple of the guys what they said, but it was it was you know, you could tell it means something because pretty much every single player that sent something about Bergeron, they were fighting back tears. They were tearing up. It was hard to get out. Yeah, I'll actually, so I'll drop the audio of that clip uh, right here so everybody listening can, um, you know, have a listen to it if you haven't heard it yet. Hey, Bergie. Um, just wanted to take a little uh, time here to show you how much I appreciate you and all that you've done for me. It's been so awesome growing up, watching you start out as a fan and getting the privilege to play with you and get to see how you, you treat people, the love you have for everyone and the love you have for the game and always getting better. Someone that I always looked up to ever since I first came in the league, we all want to be like you. Uh, we're going to miss you so much and uh, especially this last two years with you, it's been uh, an honor of mine to ride shotgun with you. And uh, like I said, I felt like I just learned a lot from you and uh, what you've done for this city, this team, and for hockey in general is something that will forever be cherished uh, amongst many hockey players for many generations to come. Thank you for everything that you've done for me, my family, uh, for this organization, and also for the city of Boston. I know the year I've been here, you helped me so much and I learned so, so many things from you and, and you were you're a great leader, great guy on and out of the ice, and, and I'm just super proud that I had a chance to play with you and, and share this season with you. Really just going to miss you and, and miss uh, the everyday being around you and, and just, uh, you know, I got to thank you for making me a better person and, and uh, I'm going to you know, try to strive to be like you. Can't think of a better leader than you. Um, you're an unbelievable person, teammate. Um, getting to see how hard you work day in and day out over the years is uh, truly inspiring. And You're a human being that we all look up to and uh, the culture you created here in Boston, it's, it's been really fun to be a part. Uh, we're all going to have you as a great role model. You're know, never going to be forgotten and uh, you're going to carry on with the legacy here and uh, we're excited about the... What you've built here is special and uh, I promise I'll do everything I can to take good care of it. Uh, I love you. I know we'll be friends forever. And uh, I want to wish you the best of luck in your next chapter with your beautiful family. Congratulations for your um, amazing career. You should be proud of yourself. And, and um, I wish you good luck for, to you and your family in the in, uh, next steps of the life. Hey, Brie, congrats on your retirement. What a career. Hall of Fame. Um, have a good one. <laughs> There's way too many things. Uh, to say, but you know, I really appreciate you being, you know, my friend for so many years. Um, we've been through so many. 
we won together, we lost together, uh, we grew up together, um, and uh, what a hell of a career, um, obviously Hall of Famer, no question about it, but I'd like to um, congratulate you and, and uh, your wife Steph, your kids, um, I'm sure they're gonna be so happy to have you around every single day, and I'm very, very happy to call you my friend, and uh, I wish you nothing but the best. I love you, buddy. I'm gonna, gonna miss you every day, but uh, you know, I, I know that uh, what we had was, was pretty special, and um, you know, we're just really looking forward to seeing what the next chapter is gonna be in, in your uh, life, and um, you know, can't wait to see the kids grow up and uh, you know everything they're gonna accomplish. So. Again, man, um, thank you for everything. Uh, I love you and uh, I miss you. I mean, I know it's hard to, you know, you can't picture the the players' faces because you're just hearing it. But, um, I mean, every single player was emotional. I know Trent Frederick stood out to me. When you're watching the video, I would, I would encourage yeah. you, if you haven't seen it, to go on Twitter. The Bruins Twitter account, I don't know, they might have posted on Instagram or whatnot as well, but... I encourage you to watch it and to, to just look at the reactions that these players have. And keep in mind, this is back in in May. Media Day was when they're filming this. So this is this is fresh. This is the season just ended. And I don't know how they were told. I don't know, you know, if Bergeron told them what it doesn't matter how it happened, but you can feel the emotion and and how they're saying it and and their expressions. And Trent Frederick stood out for me because you could see it in his face. Like his eyes were like bloodshot. Like he was having trouble getting it. And like, you know, when you're watching the video, he might be like, you know, halfway through or a third of the way through. And like, it started with like Charlie Coyle. Uh, I think Hampus Lindholm. Oh, Car- Carlo was right at the beginning. And you know, it, it's, it's tough for those guys, but like Trent Frederick, I didn't expect him to be as emotional as he looked. Cause he, you know, he's been, he's had a, a sip of water in the NHL at this point. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was obviously upset. Um, Brad Marchand, I mean, you could you could tell it was hard for him to get that out. I mean, you, you could kind of hear he had a, a knot in his throat, you know, talking about Bergeron. I'm sure it probably hasn't sunk in with him yet either. Uh, David Krejci, I thought was interesting how he kind of, you know, had he started with a little bit of a joke and then they cut away and then they came back and he had this nice message about Bergeron because, you know, I mean, they came into the league together. I mean, I know, I know Krejci spent a year in playing in Czech, but I mean, they, you know, teammates for that long, 1C and 2C, you know, your running mate for that many years, all the ups and downs, wins and losses, like Krejci mentioned. Um, but no, it was tough. And then there was one more. I don't remember who it was. But, uh, you know, it was it was a hard listen. It was definitely not what I was expecting. I, I tweeted a video in my circle today. I was in a meeting from 10 to 11. I get out of my meeting. I briefly check my phone and, and I see group chats are lighting up. Patrice Bergeron retired. I see Jalen Brown signs a five-year, $304 million extension with the Celtics. And then I see that, you know, Bronny James, uh, LeBron James' son had a cardiac arrest at USC. And I was like, what the? This is 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. What is going on? <laughs> In All this July. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. But, no, it definitely sucked. I, I wasn't expecting it, you know. And and But I do want to give props, too, to the Bruins social media team. Because I know that stuff isn't easy. And obviously everybody is so impressed about, you know, wow, the Bruins have been tight-lipped and they've known, you know, they went through the draft. They went through free agency. Bruins organization has known since May that Bergeron wasn't coming back. And 
the Bruins social media team is known for quite a while too, because they don't just come up with those, you know, graphics and videos and everything. They didn't just come up with that today on the fly when they found out, like that's been prepared for a while. So I thought they did for a lot of people were giving them shit for the whole bear tracks thing with Lucic when he signed and he, they were parading <laughs> him through Boston. I thought they did a fantastic job today with their graphics and their messaging and everything surrounding Bergeron's announcement. Yeah, man. It's just, it, I don't think it's really hit me yet that Bergeron is done. I, I don't think it's going to hit me until puck drop for the new season and he's not taking that opening draw um it's it's gonna be an entire it's it's the beginning of the new era because really truly if you look at it the only one left from that core group of bruins players that we all grew up on is marshawn and that's it Uh, he's he's the only one left Lucic, yeah, actually, yeah, maybe that's why they're. Well, hang on, no, yeah. yeah, keep the keep the core together, um, but but um, it's it's the turning of a new leaf. Um, I, I like I said, it hasn't really hit me. We were talking about how stacked this division is last week, and we were kind of giving our predictions and our assumptions on team standings and playoff picture. And we were doing all that with the assumption that Bergeron was back. So now we kind of have to take a look at it again and and really dive deep into it. How how much worse off is this team now that you don't have Bergeron? Is it really that big of a drop off? I I I mean I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's fairly significant. I think it's not just on the ice production of, you know, you're losing a, you know, 27 goal score, you're losing your first line center, you're using you're losing the guy who has unequivocal chemistry with his left and right wing. Does honestly, it doesn't matter if Poss is playing that wing or if Jake DeBrusque is playing the flexibility you have, knowing you can move guys up and down playing multiple wings on with Bergeron. He's a, a penalty kill merchant. He's out there on the power play. I mean, he does so much for this team on the ice which isn't even talking about what he does off the ice. I mean, in the locker room, he's the captain. He's the heartbeat of that organization. I mean, this is, it's, it's a monumental loss. And I know, you know, the, the Bruins, I feel like maybe I'm just talking now, but I feel like a lot of the conversation has been on like, Oh, who's going to be your one C who's going to do this. But there's so many different areas you need to replace Bergeron on. I mean, who's, you know, who's going to be your go-to. I mean, you lost, uh, what's his name? Uh, no sick too. I mean, he's a, a, a face-off merchant. I mean, who's going to be taking those draws and the, the penalty kill or, right. uh, you know, who do you trust playing first line center minutes is going to be Zaka is going to be coil. Well, who's going to wear the C who's going to be the leader in the locker room. Who's going to be the one to hold accountable. It's just, there's, there's a lot of questions that you just didn't have to worry about the last 20 years because you had Char and then you had Bergeron. And, you know, now that, Obviously, Char left, you know, five, six years ago. And now that Bergeron's, you know, reign has come to an end, um, I think that losing Bergeron is a lot bigger than just a production on the ice. But I think that obviously goes without saying. Yeah, man. I mean, there. So just listen to listen to the first line centers just in this division. Ready? Yeah. Buffalo, Tage Thompson, certified superstar in the making. Stud. Toronto. Austin Matthews, again, certified superstar. They Ottawa. got a couple of first line centers, honestly, in Toronto. I know. I mean, I what know, the hell? Give us Tavares. Dude, <laughs> Ottawa, Tim Stutzla, superstar in the making. Yeah, good point. Florida, Alexander Barkov, superstar. Tampa, Braden Point, 
the quietest 50 plus goal season of all time (laughs) for real and then the bruins it's either charlie coyle or pavel zaka and it's like it's like oh no but i you but look at the team as a whole though you still have pasta you still have debrusque you still for now have marshawn krejci's a mystery and there's a lot of differing opinions on that one um (laughs) You, you you know you go defensively. You got McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, goaltending. You still have Omar and Sway. It's it's not a bad team, but it's definitely worse off without Bergeron. It's it's your center depth is now lacking, and it's a glaring hole in your team. Um, you're looking for guys like Patrick Brown, Morgan Geeky, Trent Frederick, if they sign him to really step up and and take reins of a new role that they're going to have this year i don't think it's all doom and gloom um you're not rebuilding that's not even a conversation i just named off like seven young pieces that you have you're not <laughs> you're not rebuilding you're going to see young faces maybe lysel maybe lowry maybe Merkulov, um potentially mclaughlin uh beecher too so we'll see you know in the youth department who comes up and who really you know takes this opportunity by the balls and runs with it because that's what this, that's what this team is going to need. They need that. Definitely. And, and um, honestly, it starts not even to mention Jacob Lauco as well. Yeah. And I mean, it starts in net too. I mean, this team is not going to suck as long as you have Olmark and Swayman. And I know, you know, we weren't saying they're going to suck, but I mean, you're, I think there's still going to be, a playoff team. I think they're now a wild card team instead of, I know, I think when we did our predictions, I had them as I think the, the three seed. Yep. Um, but this, th- their success is heavily reliant on, like you just mentioned, these secondary characters. Can geeky step up? Can Zaka step up again? If Lori, when he gets the call, you know, is he going to be able to produce? What's Lauko going to look like? Is Frederick coming back? Is, can he produce? Can, Omar and Swayman, you know, replicate the success they had last year. I mean, there's a lot of questions going on in this team. And I don't like to cross sports, as we were just talking about before we started recording. But if you think of, you know, uh, the Boston Red Sox in, what was that, 2021? I mean, when the season started, they by no means had a very good or an elite team on on paper. They've lost a handful of good players over the last couple of years. Chris Sale had just gotten hurt. But that was a team that was, what, one or two wins away from going to the World Series, went all the way to the ALCS. I mean, if you have the right guys in your locker room and you have the right culture, um, anything is possible. And we've said it a thousand times. All you have to do is get in. And this team still has enough talent on the roster to get into the playoffs. And then once you're in, you're in. And then you're playing with house money and you can see what happens. Um, but it definitely sucks not having Bergeron's leadership in that locker room anymore. Yeah. And, and it... I don't want to take anything away from it. It's still going to be a fun year. There's so many storylines now um, to kind of look at, you know, who, who is going to, you know, who's going to emerge as the number one center. Who's going to emerge as a younger player. Who's going to all of a sudden come into this lineup and maybe not light it up, but surprise some people and solidify a spot in this and become a player for this team, whether it's defensively, offensively, you know, somebody is going to have to step up. It's 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 going to be a fun year. You're not going to have a year like last year. That's probably never going to happen again. Um, <laughs> it's it's there's a lot of storylines to look at, and I think every night 
this season, you're not only going to be glued to the Bruins, but you're going to be glued to, you know, games that teams of this division are playing in because you're going to be watching the wild card hunt. You're going to be watching, you know, who's going to end up falling second seed, third seed in the Atlantic. And do we still have a chance at that? Because this team isn't bad. The team, just because Bergeron is gone and potentially Krejci as well, doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're a lottery team. You have teams like Chicago. You have teams like Arizona. You have teams like Anaheim, San Jose. You're not even close to as bad as those teams are. Yeah. I mean, it is worth noting, too, that if like if everybody gets hurt and just like shit starts going sideways, the Bruins pick next year is top 10 protected. So it like, it, like right. worst case scenario, you have that the Bruins aren't going to be so bad that they get their, their pick lands in the top 10, however. But I think the new theme for next season can be like the theme of opportunity because there's for a season last year where like everything went right up until the playoffs, but like everything went right. It seemed like pretty much everything that could go wrong this off season has gone wrong. Starting the first day of the playoffs, everything that could have went wrong, went wrong. You had key injuries. You got out coached. Bertuzzi left, Orlov left, Bergeron retired. Krejci, nobody knows. Like there's a million things. Lucic is like, what are we doing here? Yeah, like, Lucic <laughs> is back. Like, what? <laughs> what are we doing? And I think if you were to look at this team going into next year, <laughs> People are saying the Bruins are done, right? It's And it's not just like, oh, you know, yaha, you know, people, you know, chip on our shoulders. Like, people are legitimately around the NHL, especially now, of course, with Bergeron's retirement. Or like, like, Toronto fans are celebrating, rightfully so. Finally, we're free. <laughs> like, Bergeron's gone. <laughs> but, like, a lot of people are, are doubting the Bruins' ability to succeed next year. Uh, Jim Montgomery had a disaster class in the playoffs. He's going to prove some people wrong. You know, Zaka, you know, he wants to build off of last year. He might be your new first-line center. He wants to prove people wrong. You know, you have Omark, you have Swayman. I mean, can they recreate what they did last year? I don't know. They want to prove some people wrong. I, I think that there's a lot of storylines for individual players. You can go through the whole lineup. I mean, even these young guys, they have the opportunity to make some noise. What's Geeky going to do? What's Lauka going to do with minutes? If Frederick comes back, I'm still, you know, we don't have to spend a whole episode talking about arbitration. But if Frederick comes back, you know, is he going to be able to build off of his nearly 20-goal campaign last year? And I think that there's, like, these are the kind of things we have to look forward to. So, like, last year... You know, we're watching every game, just watching the Bruins pummel everybody into submission. Like this year, we're watching, you know, the future of the Bruins. Like, are these guys going to be able to succeed? Like, what's Laura going to look like? Is Beecher going to get minutes? Is Lysel going to get called up? And it's a, it's different. And honestly, like, it it's not preferred, but it's still exciting to look forward to that and to, and to try to see an improvement every single night. So I'm never going to say that this team is going to suck. I'm never going to say that they're going to be, you know, they're going to get that top 10 pick. I'm never going to say that. I like I still truly believe and I think if you were to ask most people they would agree that this team is still a playoff team. They can still get in and at the end of the day that's all you got to do. And then the playoffs come, it's a different league, different players, everything changes. I think and, and it, talking about the playoffs, right? And how it's a different league and a, a totally different game. I think as the team is right now, you're a playoff team. I think you're a playoff team. You might not be a high seed. Actually, I'll backtrack. You're not going to be a high seed. <laughs> but, but like you said, the whole point is to get in. And what did you see the Bruins do? They didn't sign a single free agent this year that was under six feet. 
Um, you have a big banger like Lucic. You have Morgan Geeky, who's ginormous. Uh, Patrick Brown, Kevin Shattenkirk. Shattenkirk, yeah. You have these big guys. So I think the objective for Sweeney in the front office was with knowing, because they definitely knew. Like you mentioned earlier, they knew since May that Bergeron wasn't coming back. I think they saw the team as it was and said, okay, this team is good enough to get into the playoffs. What were we missing this past season that had led to this catastrophic failure that was the 2023 playoffs for the Bruins? And it was lack of size. So what did they do? They went out and they addressed it. They got Lucic. They got Geeky. They got Shattenkirk. I mean, name a couple other guys too. They have that weight and that heftiness to the lineup that it was missing. So like you said, Get in and and you kind of address those issues that you saw plague the Bruins in this playoff run. Yeah, and and honestly, I'm happy as well with uh, you know management's ability to acknowledge why you lost and and actually make improvement. I mean, it, they didn't just lose because they weren't as big as Florida and they were getting it taken to them physically, but it was it was you would notice it almost every shift. Right. And and big ups to the management to being able to acknowledge that and actually doing something about it and going out and signing some guys. Um obviously, you know, losing like Taylor Hall and other players wasn't ideal and it wasn't optimal. But the the for the players they picked up for the prices like JVR, uh he's gonna be a big presence in front of the net this year. Lucic, I mean, say what you want, but, you know, I mean, he's going to be really important. And I wonder if because they knew Bergeron was retiring was one of the leading reasons why they wanted Lucic back because he is such a good locker room guy. Mm-hmm. I, I was listening to uh, – oh, shit, I don't remember. I don't remember whose podcast it was. Oh, that's going to bother me. Um, it might have been like – I don't know if it was Brett and Boosie on Only Bruins or if it might have been Spitting Chicklets or somebody, but they were talking about how uh, like when Lucic – I think when he was in Edmonton, uh, because he was kind of the vet in the locker room because he was there with the young McDavid and with all with young dry side on all these guys. And, uh, they needed to switch something up. So he came in the next game, didn't tell anybody. He totally bleached his hair and was like, yes. hey, screw it. And it was like a funny thing. And then they went on. I think they're playing Winnipeg that year. Honestly, that might've been Bobby, Bobby Bruski. He was talking yeah. about, I don't remember I who it, it was. I think it might have been Bobby. It might have been Bobby Bruski. Shout out Tripodsky. But he was talking, <laughs> I think he was talking about it. And it's, and, I think that's such an underappreciated part of Lucic's game because we're not expecting him to come in here and get 20 goals or to to be blogging heavy minutes. But I think that having Lucic back in that locker room will help somehow at least a little bit lessen the the loss of Bergeron. Yeah, and and he brings that attitude of wanting to be here. You know what I mean? And a former Bruin from a cup-winning Boston team who's been missing this city and and missing wearing the black and gold. He wants to be here. You know what I mean? And that's going to, and that's going to, what are you laughing at? (laughs) I just noticed your name. Look at your name, your tag on your thing, on your, on your camera. (laughs) Mike Sullivan. Yeah. And I look to the right. Brewing something. Yeah. Now look at mine. Nick Melanson, Nick Melanson. <laughs> yeah, and you, you, because you messed up yours. You didn't put Mike Sullivan. You put at Mike underscore Sullivan Bruins something, and then mine is 
forget it. We're um, deleting that part. <laughs> you know, look, see, can see your name. It's because it's usually Mike Sullivan, and then your Twitter at like mine is Nick Melanson, and then my Twitter at, but you did Mike Sullivan, and then at Bruin something. Oh, I switched it. That's right. I switched it for what's Bruin. Damn it. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, um, but, but, um, but yeah, like, like with Lucic coming back, he just brings back that culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's and it's kind of been dormant inside of him since he left. He never wanted to. He never wanted to leave. Here's what I'm curious about, though, because if if everybody in that locker room knew that that Bergeron was leaving in May, when Lucic agreed to come back to the Bruins, do you think that he knew that Bergeron? Because I feel like otherwise, if if Lucic just found out today that one of his best friends is retiring, I'd be pissed. I'd request a uh, trade. <laughs> I'd be like, are you kidding me? That's the whole reason yeah. I came back. No, I think uh, he must have known. He had to I have known. So. I, I wonder if, I mean, I don't think they had to sell Lucic. I think it, I think they could have told Lucic, you have to pay us to play here. And Lucic would have done that. Yeah. But I, I feel like maybe one of one of the <laughs> things that got him more excited is coming back home and taking on more of a leadership role as well. Yeah. Um, watch, them, uh, watch, them, watch them give him the C. <laughs> could you imagine damn it I should have put that in the poll God damn it. <laughs> well here we go now that you know we, we've kind of talked about it half jokingly because we never thought Bergeron was leaving but now that Bergeron is gone who in your opinion gets to see actually well that's kind of a perfect segue because that is one of the DM questions today so Ooh. let's jump right into the DMs so let's see here. Um, this question comes in from the goon. You can follow him on Twitter at Fabio McDerp. Um, <laughs> he said, he said <laughs> I love it. I love that. I love that handle. Uh, <laughs> he said, it's a two part question. Um, thoughts on them not giving the C to Brad and most likely giving it to McAvoy. So we'll kind of, We'll touch on that, but we'll also give our picks for captaincy. So we'll answer that part first, and then we'll jump into his second question. So thoughts on them not giving the C to Brad and most likely giving it to McAvoy? I'm guessing that he's basing that off of the video we were talking about earlier. Nothing mm-hmm. is solidified yet, but um, yeah, we'll turn that into who do you think is going to get the C? Yeah, I mean... It's it's definitely one of the two of them, Marshawn or McAvoy. I don't see anybody else. I don't see Pasternak getting the C. I don't see Krejci getting the C if he does come back. At, and I've no, forever. You, what you can't you can't give the C to somebody who just left a year to go play in Czech. Yeah, yeah. and he won't even be on the team if if he does come back until what Christmas. Like he said, he's kind of dipping for a little bit right but, if, he, if he comes back the a is fine but he's not wearing the c come on yeah no I, i've for I, and i still feel this way but forever i've been thinking that i think that mcavoy should be the next captain although i was talking about it with my dad earlier today and he ah, he made me feel a little differently about it but i just feel like like you have charlie mcavoy here for the next 10 to 15 years he's locked up he's you know top five defenseman in the league he, he does so much for this team that I feel like he's deserving of being captain. And looking at the Bruins, they've always, they've always had a big elite defenseman as their captain. I mean, Borg or Chara. I mean, for, you know, for like 40 of the last 50 years, a defenseman's been wearing the C on their sweater. And I just feel like it's, it's the big bad Bruins. Like, I just feel like, you know, 
McAvoy is deserving of that C. And also, like, he wants stability. Like, Chara was the captain for, you know, 12 years. And then there is nobody else who could have taken that C from Chara other than Bergeron. But you only had Bergeron with the C for... What like three seasons, four seasons, something like that. I think it and, was. I think it was two or three. Yeah, and if you give it to Marshawn, I mean, you're you're going to be asking this question again. You know, he's 35. I mean, a couple years from now, and if Marshawn gets to see the next captain is definitely McAvoy, without a doubt. But if yeah. that's the case, then why not just give it to him now? You know. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I I think it was Chris Nosek who mentioned it. What about the option of the team this year running with just assistants? No captain, just assistants. Because I can see that too. I can really see that. Yeah, I could see that too. I, personally, I never liked the look. I don't know. I, I, oh, I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't like it, but I can see it happening just because yeah. of the position that the team is in. But I feel like that's like, I feel like that's doing a bit of a disservice to Marshawn, though. Yes, yes. Because I feel like that's like like it's like it's like you either like either pick one or don't. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, like have, I you can't just leave it. Marshawn for everything that he was at the beginning of his career, and it and if 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 you had sat somebody down ten years ago and told them that Brad Marshawn should be a shoe in to be the captain of the Boston Bruins, <laughs> they would laugh in your face. Uh-huh. But he's he's <laughs> been you know huge in the community he's been huge to the Bruins like you just said I mean I know Lucic is back but Marshawn is is the last player with ties to that 2011 Stanley Cup winning team I mean he is as integral to this Bruins team almost as much as Bergeron was and you see he's still wearing the black and gold he's still producing he's 35 he's he's emerged as this veteran leadership presence he has playoff success i mean he should be the captain but you have this 26 year old phenom defenseman who's locked up for 10 years who already has regular season success he's been to a cup with you in 2019 uh he's he's now a veteran on his own right he's been in the big since he you know last six seven years i mean you have two perfect options and i think choosing neither of them I don't agree with that. I don't think that's the right thing to do. And maybe it's because, you know, a lot of when I correlate teams not having a C is because I think of like Blake, Blake Wheeler or like Joe Thornton or whoever it was that got stripped of it out in San Jose when those teams were just rocking with A's for all those years. It's, it's not a problem of, you know, the Bruins don't have a captain. It's a problem of they have too many, right? There's too many options to choose from. So maybe from that angle, I could see it. But no, I think that I think that the 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 Boston Bruins need a captain. They've always had a captain. It, I think it means more to be the captain of the Bruins than it does to be the captain of other franchises. And I think it's definitely one of those two players. If they choose Marshawn, I think it's a fantastic pick, and I love it. And if they choose McAvoy, he, that's great as well. He's going to be wearing that C for the next decade and a half. So, if if it's one of those two players, I think it's the perfect pick. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like you said, just like culturally, the Bruins have always gone with a defense to, uh, with a defenseman as their captain. It's just kind of the way that the team culture is, and there's no way that you couldn't give it to Bergeron. Um, mm-hmm. But like McAvoy is going to be here for a very long time. He's the he's the cornerstone piece on the defensive end, and historically, that's the way that the Bruins have gone, and it's it's been successful for them. So I don't see them giving it. To you know, I, I don't see them giving it to Coyle. I don't really see them giving it to Carlo, who's a sleeper pick for the captaincy. 
Um, I don't see them giving it to Pasa. Um, yeah, me neither. Yeah, I, I think McAvoy is the guy. I think he's the guy. And I like what you said, too, about, you know, if they do give it to Marshawn this year, well, what happens when he's gone in the next one to two years? Then are you going to bounce around again? Like you like you said, stability, especially in an organization like the Bruins, you need the stability. You need stability of having that guy who is the established leader of the team with guys around him who are also leaders. It could be like, you know, like Char and Bergeron. It could be McAvoy and Marshawn. It could be the same kind of deal. The only thing is McAvoy is the one wearing the seat, but they could all, they could both be playing that role. Yeah, and I mean, you know, just thinking about like uh, Chara and Bergeron or, or Bergeron and Krejci. I mean, those players were letters on their chest for so long. And you have a 26-year-old McAvoy and what, a freshly 27-year-old Pasta. I mean, those guys are going to be your leaders and have those letters on their sweater for the next decade. So if you, you, know, you feel good about the stability of the locker room, for the next 10 years. But like you said, I mean, nobody's really mentioning pasta. I really don't. It's not that he doesn't deserve it there. There's just a line of people in front of him. Um, and unfortunately he's never, I don't, I don't think Pasta's ever going to be in front of Charlie McAvoy. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think he's ever going to be able to wear that C, but um, no, I mean, how, which, whoever they pick, um, they're going to pick the right guy. I mean, none of these guys in the Bruins are knuckleheads. They're all good dudes. Um, and what there's one captain and two A's, right? Yes. Yeah. So I, th- if if I had a pick, I would do McAvoy captain with Marshawn and Pasta with the A's. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exact same. Exact same. Um. So this next question comes in from our boy, uh, Chris Davis. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris J Davis eleven fellow host of the drop the mitts hockey podcast if you haven't caught last week's episode um we interviewed you didn't remember <laughs> zach we oh, i'm sorry so yeah if you didn't catch last week's episode uh we interviewed zach benson the 13th overall pick this year uh for the buffalo sabers great episode um we'll be having more guests on very soon but uh, yeah, go subscribe to that show. Awesome show, fun show. But he asks us, uh, do you guys think there's any chance we see Lorai on the opening night roster? First of all, I want to give a shout out to Chris for uh, his new gig with Hockey Night in New England. Yeah, so shout small, out. No small feat. I saw it on Twitter today. He tweeted a reaction video from his car, it looked like, about the Bergeron news. Um, channeling his inner Shukri rights, if I do say so myself. <laughs> but um, I don't think there's any chance Laura is going to be on the opening night roster. I mean, I think that the Bruins have... Really? S- yeah, I just don't think he's ready yet. I think you're. I think you're definitely going to see him at some point this year. But I just, I just, I, I don't think there's any point in just throwing him in the fire opening night when he can still run out his game a little bit in Providence for a month or two and then call him up. I kind of disagree with you. I think that he could be. I think he's gonna. He had a strong development camp. I know that's just development camp, but I think we're gonna get a good long look at him in the preseason. And I think in my gut and just my you know opinion i think he's going to have a strong preseason almost so strong that they're not really going to have a choice but to play him um yeah i see i i can see him there 
I mean, I certainly hope you're right because I do think that he he looks legit. Everybody who's seen him says he's legit. If you watched him lose to the Quinnipiac Bobcats last year on their way, take a sip on their way to win the, the, the I almost said Stanley Cup, the national championship. <laughs> um, no, he's one hell of a player. But I mean, if he's in the opening night lineup, I mean, who, who, you, what are you taking Forbert out? You playing him over Forbert? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am, I, I try to keep a straight face when I ask. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I think that he will definitely be up um, at some point this year. But um, from what I've been saying, people say, Jesus, that wasn't English. From what I've been seeing people say on Twitter, there's still parts of his game that he needs to round out more. And spending, you know, a little bit of time, maybe a couple months in Providence could really get him to the next level. So, um, yeah. Now, let me ask you this, though. Would you rather see Zaboral or Lorai? Like opening night, who would I rather have in the uh, well? Yeah, yeah, opening night. Um, because don't forget too, Zaboral has upside. Yeah, no, I mean, I would. Okay, well, that's a tricky question to answer because I feel <laughs> like I feel like who would who I I would feel more comfortable I think with Zaboral playing if I like really wanted to win, but. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of Mason Lorai, and I do love Lorai, and he's you know has a higher ce- higher ceiling. So I guess it depends how you answer the question. Mm-hmm. Um, but gun to my head, Mason Lorai. Okay, that's fair. But like, um, he what Lorai is left and Zaboral's right, right? Yes. So I feel like because of that, it could be more realistic that you see Zaboral no. Because, I mean, you already have, I mean, say what you want before, but you already have three legit NHL defensemen between uh, McAvoy, Lindholm's a lefty, or is that Carlo? One of the two. And then Forbert, we're on the right side. You have, oh, Grizzlick. I'm forgetting Grizzlick. Actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lorai is left. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I misheard you. And what is Grizzlick? Dude, I don't. Grizzlick is is left. It goes Grizzlick. It goes Grizzlick, Lindholm. Uh, Forbert down the left side, and then goes McAvoy, Carlo, and I guess Shattenkirk down the right. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't think you're going to see either of them on the opening night, <laughs> opening right roster. Yeah, it's it's gonna like I said, it's gonna be a fun year. We're gonna see these lineups, you know, these line shakeups, and these these uh, younger guys kind of get a shot. But let's I wanna jump. What, I want to see what Shattenkirk does too. I want to see what he has left in the tank. Shattenkirk, yeah, I'm excited for Shattenkirk too. Yeah. Um, but so let's jump to uh, the next question. This comes from our guy Bird the Baked Bergy. He changed. Hell his name yeah. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at my underscore Bruins. I love his tweets so much; they always make me laugh. I know. <laughs> he said, "With Bergeron officially retiring, fuck. With Ber- <laughs> should the should the Bruins abstain from the 23-24 season out of respect for Bergie and his importance to the organization? I think uh, <laughs> not the Bruins, but I think that all the teams that he is just bent over. Like I think that the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Pittsburgh Penguins should, out of respect for Bergeron, just bow out of this year. Um, you know, I just because it would it would be the same if they were to face off against a Patrice Bergeron led team in the playoffs. I mean, who could forget? All of the Bruins' comebacks in, in Eastern Conference final sweeps yep. over the last couple of years. Um, yeah, I think they should. I think they should bow out of respect for Bergeron and hang him up. <laughs> he really, he really lived up to the baked, the well baked Bergie. 
Yeah, uh, he, he really lives up to the name of that question. But I, I did want to say quickly too. Did you yeah. see the the tweet that the Penguins put out today? The, the from Cindy Crosby. Yes, I did. I did. Uh, in case you haven't, I just wanted to read it. The the Pittsburgh Penguins, obviously. I really didn't find out until the last couple of years how close Patrice Bergeron and Sidney Crosby were. Like they no. were really, really good friends. Of course, they were what they were line mates on Team Canada. Yeah, he was the re- Bergeron was the reason Crosby took less money in Pittsburgh because he took advice from Bergeron. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, you know how close they are. So the Pittsburgh Penguins put this tweet out today. They had a, a couple nice pictures of Bergeron and Sidney Crosby, of course. Uh, the one of them kind of shaking hands at the Winter Classic. The one of them celebrating a goal in the Sochi in 2014 Olympics. And then it looked like they used a picture of Patrice Bergeron shaking Crosby's hands after the, after the Bruins swept them in the Eastern Conference Final in 2013. <laughs> I love that. But uh, they, the, the, the tweet said, Ber- Bergy. It's been a pleasure to compete against you and a special honor to be your teammate over the years. Your achievements speak for themselves, but the person you are is what stands out the most. For anyone who has played with or against you, there isn't a better example to follow. Congratulations on a remarkable career and enjoy the next chapter. Monami dash Sid. And uh, I mean, that's, I think it says something when the greatest player of a generation is is going on is releasing a statement on his team's account a team that you have had battles with for the last 20 years and sharing his words of appreciation with Sidney Crosby did not have to do that and I think it's it's very telling um when you have a player who's done everything that the game of hockey has to offer like Sidney Crosby has and he's taking time out of his day to make sure that he shows his appreciation and respect to, to Patrice Bergeron I I saw that today and I was like damn we lost a good one. Yeah. Even um, – I got to find it, but even Ray Bork, I mean, he put out a pretty uh, a gut-wrenching statement too on Twitter. I didn't even know yeah. he had a Twitter. Dude, me neither. Actually, I guess while we're on the topic, I did I, – I have a – oh, my God. Can I speak? First of all, I don't know. My voice might sound a little wonky right now. I've been in my grandma's apartment the last week, and she's a cat, and I'm deathly allergic. So I feel I feel like I sound like shit right now. But I wanted to give a shout out to Grace Roberts, who put out a thread of tweets. She had a thread of players around the league paying tribute to Patrice Bergeron, just because I want to keep talking about how adored he was. You obviously had Linus Allmark sharing it on his Instagram story, saying it's been an honor, Captain. Matthew Joseph sharing it on his Instagram story. You had Milan Lucic saying, congrats, Bergie, on a Hall of Fame career. It was a pleasure to be your teammate for eight years and share a Stanley Cup championship with you. All the best to you and your family moving forward. Enjoy retirement. Charlie Coyle shared it on his Instagram story and said the all-around best. By the way, when I'm saying they shared it on in, on Instagram or whatever, they're sharing the official retirement statement that the Bruins posted on Instagram or Twitter, whatever it is. Zeno Chara said, just amazing person, friend, teammate, player, leader. Patrice is perfect. We all agree. Example for all of us with the way he talks, acts, and makes a positive impact on everyone around him. Congratulations on an amazing career and all the success you've achieved. It's been an absolute privilege, pleasure, and honor to play with you for 14 of those years. You were such a great person and strong leader that made an incredible impact and contribution in so many different fields and ways. Thank you for being such a wonderful friend and teammate. Sagan shared it on his Instagram story. We had Tom Wilson of all people. Tom, Tom Wilson, Wilson. shared it on his shared it on his. Listen to this. He shared it on his Instagram story and said, <laughs> "One of the most respected to lace them up in a true representation of what hockey is." Congrats on an amazing run, but take that with a grain of salt because Tom Wilson is the absolute last person to know 
what respect on the ice is. So, you know, <laughs> take that as you will. Curtis Lazar, there's a blast from the past, shared it on his, posted a picture of him and Bergie doing a little high five saying Bergie with a salute. Max Domi shared it on his story, said, been a pleasure playing against you. One of the best to ever do it. Congrats on a legendary career. Brandon Carlo, of course, shared it on his story and said the greatest. Thank you, Patrice. Yanni Gord shared it on his story. Congrats on a heck of a career. We're almost at the end here. Jeremy Lazone shared it and said, truly one of the best. Congrats. Jacob Lauco had his tweet today with a person laying on the ground covered in tears, which is obviously, <laughs> I'm assuming, about Bergeron. Charlie McAvoy said, what an honor it has been getting to play with you, Bergie. Congratulations on a Hall of Fame career and thank you for everything. So grateful for all the lessons you've taught me and the lifelong friendships. Uh, Kevin Miller, love you, Bergie. Thanks for everything you did for me. It was an honor and a privilege. I'm so happy for you. Forever a Bruin. Chris Wagner, Wags. What was he, the mayor of Weymouth? Yeah. (laughs) He said, privilege to play with the best human teammate and role model someone could ask for. Dan Vladar said, what a player. Unbelievable experience. They get a chance to share a locker room with you. Congrats. Matt Grizzlick shared a couple pictures on his story. Noel Achari on his story. Uh, Nate Thompson, who recently retired on his story. Swayman on his story. Shane Wright on his story. Future Bruin, maybe. Shout out, Brett. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, all of those players, of course, a lot of those mentioned were Bruins, but some of them weren't. And some of those players, like Max Domi, I didn't expect him to have any relationship with Bergeron. Tom Wilson, especially. And, of course, what we started off with, the message from Sidney Crosby. I mean, the the sentiment that these guys are putting out and and the reaction they're having to a player who they've all had huge battles with in the playoffs. Um, it's it's really telling to show how much respect people had for Bergeron, not just as fans, but around, around the league as well. And this isn't just a loss for the Bruins. It's a loss for, you know, the hockey community. I mean, we're talking like the guy's dead, but like, <laughs> I mean, Dude, it, but it, like, it sucks. Even with you just reading through all of that, it's like, how can you not get emotional? Because it's 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 not just talking about the guy's hockey career. It's him being as a, as good of a person as he is. It's like it's so hard to you know gain that much respect in in thirty eight years of your life. I mean, he's not, <laughs> yeah. he's not even old. He's not even forty yet. And it's like he just had a all, kid. <laughs> he just had he had a kid like. It's just, it's, we're so lucky. I can't, I truly cannot believe that his career is over. I, I, my body is like rejecting it. Like, I I don't believe it to be true. As soon as I started thinking about Bergeron, my brain just like drifts somewhere else. It's taking me somewhere else. It's like a defense mechanism. It is. It literally is. But, um, no, it sucks. But kind of speaking on Brett, too, he asked, um, obviously, you can follow him on Twitter at Brett Howard underscore. Also follow their um, podcast account at Only Bruins. But he said, why are the Bruins looking to trade Marshawn all of a sudden? So here's the thing. If the Bruins are out of a out of the playoff race at the deadline. Do you move him? Do you move Marshawn? Um, I no. do. Really? Really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. No, I, I mean, do. I mean, yes and no. I mean, you could obviously get a lot if you were to move Brad Marchand. I think he has. Does he have one more year after this one on his deal? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's going to have value for a team. 
and honestly, that could help for if you're trying to rebuild some, you know, they they don't have a first round pick this year or the year after that, or I think the year after that. So you can maybe replenish some of that in trading Brad Marchand. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think there's only, loss, there's only so many losses a locker room can take. And uh, if they enter the season without Bergeron, without Krejci, and then trade Brad Marchand halfway through the year, I don't know. I mean, if I were in that locker room, I understand it's a business and things happen, but, and I'm sure, you know, they wouldn't just trade Marshawn to a team. I know it would go through Marshawn and he would get his approval and they would send him where he wanted to go. But I just think that would be a hard pill to swallow, you know, oh, if you for, were to lose those sure. three guys in the span of, you know, four months. So I think on that, I would, I would say no, but I think that, you know, removing the Bruins fan from me and replacing it with a, a logical person, um, <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of sense if the Bruins are significantly out of the playoff race come trade deadline and trading something like Brad Marchand and getting something for him while you still can. Yeah, I think if you do if you do find yourself in that situation, I think you go and get a center. Um, obviously, depends on who's on the market and, and you know whatnot. But if if the trade deadline comes up right and Brad Marchand is still producing at a you know a point per game pace, I mean, what are you? asking for him what can you get for a guy like that 35 if he's at at a point per game pace i i don't even know because what did kane go for this year like a couple of first round picks and like a prospect was it first i thought it was like a second or something honestly i forget i i don't even remember but i remember it being a little underwhelming for the player yeah i'm looking it up right now yeah uh oh here we go he got traded for you know this really pisses me off. When I Google something, I want a response right away. I don't want to have to open an article and then just scroll through it to just find two little things. Oh, what'd they get for Patrick Kane? Here you go. CBS Sports. I had to scroll all the way down the page. They got a, a 2023 second and a 2023 fourth for Patrick Kane. Now, if that's the return you're going to get for Marshawn, I don't even bother. But but Patrick Kane was also uh, making significantly more money. And is he on an an expiring contract or does he have another year left? No, he's a free agent right now. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you can get more for Brad Marshawn, I would think, just because of his contract status and, uh, you know, how little money he's making. But I don't know. I mean, if if trading Brad Marshawn, if you trade Marshawn and you can get like a third and a fifth, I don't. What's I, what's the point? To it? I mean, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. sucks. Like, if I'm trading Brad Marshawn, I want to get a, a a player you can develop, or like you said, maybe a younger center, or maybe like a first or a second. I don't know, but like, I don't want to just trade them for a fourth and a sixth because you're starving for assets. You're gonna get what you can for them. I think that yeah. that's doing a disservice. It's, I think that's disrespecting the player and and his legacy here. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree with that. Um. Let's see here. So we got one more DM question. This comes nice. in from our guy, Ethan 2.0. As here we go. I was waiting show. for his DM. Oh, wait. <laughs> Did we get voicemails? Did you check? A couple of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. All right, let's go with the question. But follow follow Ethan 2.0 on Twitter at IncredibleMrE7. He asked a great question, as always. He said, it's actually a two-part question, so we'll do one part one and then we'll do part two. Part one. In honor of Bergeron, what is your favorite Bergie moment that is not Game 7 2013? His, his, um, his fight against Josh Georges when he was just 
feeding him left hands. It was actually, if you haven't seen that, go look up the Bergeron versus George's fight. It was great. But I think for me personally, and I was kind of thinking about this as we were recording and, and stewing up some moments in my head. There's so many. I mean, so many to pick from. But I think something that encapsulated who he was as a player and how much he was respected as a player was in the Stanley Cup in 2011 when Alex Burroughs bit his finger like the coward that he is. And then the entire team for the rest of the series is beating up on Burroughs, just giving him these like little sucker punches, whatever they can, and shoving their gloves in his mouth. <laughs> I think that was just it encapsulated everything about Bergeron. It's like if you mess with Bergeron, the entire team is going to come at you in every single way possible because he's that guy who's respected in the room and respected around the league so much that anything wrong against him that you do, not only are you attacking him, but you're attacking everybody on the team as well. And and it represents just how much, you know, he meant to the team. And he was 24 at the time, I believe. So it's like even back then, even back then he was respected like that. I mean, there, there are definitely was, a few... That was so funny, by the way. That was one of my, my favorite things ever. <laughs> there are definitely a few. I mean, one of them is the one that I referenced a couple weeks ago when in the 2011 Stanley Cup when I knew that the Bruins had won was the goal that Bergeron scored. when he. I think yep. it was the third goal when he was falling into the net. He was on his hands and knees and he just whacked it in. Yep. And I, I will never forget that moment because that was when I knew. I mean, I had seen the Red Sox win the World Series. And like humble brag, I mean, I was like 13. I had seen the Red Sox win a couple World Series. I had seen the Patriots win Super Bowls. I had seen the Celtics win. I had never seen the Bruins win. Um, and that was the goal. I knew that they had done it. And for it to be Bergeron to score that goal in the dramatic fashion that he did, like he was like on his hands and knees. I can still like remember the camera on his hands and knees, like sliding through the crease. Like he's his his hands are on the ground holding a stick and he just like smacked it in. Remember the overhead view of it. And uh, I distinctly remember that one. I also remember, I won't give you the game seven goal against Toronto, but I will give you a goal in the same game when he had the goal. I think he made it, uh, was that the one that sent it into overtime? When he when he just kind of fired it from the blue line and yes, he scored. Yes. And he had that huge celebration when he like right at center ice and the spotlight was on and all the players came out and, and hugged him. I remember that one. But one of my favorite Patrice Bergeron moments was one that, I didn't remember because I was maybe five years old that was circulating all over Twitter today. But yeah. when he was a rookie, the video of him, the little commercial with him and Raycroft when they were getting on the Zamboni oh, yeah. drive to the game. And it's funny because you hear Bergeron and he has such a strong French accent. Like yeah. it, you could tell like, man, this guy is like fresh off the train, like down, like down from Canada and to hear his voice now, like his, his, uh, his English has improved so much, but just looking at him then, I mean, he was 18, he had the blonde hair or he might not have had a blonde hair yet, but he just looked like a kid. And to like, to, to watch that video and now like not to pick on Andrew Raycroft, but you know, he's got his podcast with Billy Jaffe and he's working for Ness and he's doing awesome things. But to think about how those guys were both young, I don't know if Raycroft was a rookie as well, but they were in this 
ad together and Bergeron is just retiring now and getting all of these, um, this outpouring support from the NHL's most elite players. His name's going in the rafters. He's got cups. He just won a Selkie. And uh, again, not to pick on Raycroft, like for the last four or five years, he's been working with Nesson. <laughs> like it's just kind of puts it in perspective how long and successful Bergeron's career was. So there's a million things we could have picked because uh, his career is full of, you know, incredible moments. But uh, I do want to ask you this one quick question, though. Now that his career is over, what do you what do you think is next? Because I was I heard Raycroft today, actually speaking of Raycroft, I heard him talking about um, what he 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 wants to ask Bergeron what's next for him and Raycroft. He had no information on it, but he was hoping that Bergeron will take some sort of executive role with the Bruins, whether it be a liaison. I mean, I know Cam Neely's getting up there. If he wanted to step down and we can have a new president, I don't know, but uh, I somehow, some way I want Bergeron to continue to be involved with the Bruins. And I think with next year being the centennial season, we're still going to continue to see a lot of his face around the garden. Yeah. I mean, so when you first asked the question, I was thinking more in terms of like Hall of Fame, Jersey retirement, um, statue, stuff like that. Um, but I think he's obviously he's a shoe in for the Jersey retirement. That's not even a question. That's that should happen like game one of next year. Uh, um, Hall of Fame. He's going to be first ballot. Like we said earlier, uh, over twelve hundred points, over a thousand games. I'm, I'm sorry, over a thousand games. Over, I'm sorry, over 1,200 games, over a thousand points. Holy shit, Michael. I mean, technically, you were right. It was over a thousand games. <laughs> right. And he's it, definitely, he's, he's the best two way center in the game. He's got a cup, he's got a gold medal. I mean, what else is he supposed to do? He's a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. And then the statue conversation. Is he worthy of a statue, in your opinion? Because no. I. Really? Yeah, no. I think if you've ever listened to, uh, not you, I know you have, but people listening, if you've ever listened to Spit and Chicklets, they have the most heated debates about yes. statue guy, about who gets a statue, because uh, the list of players who get their their number retired, um, it's not so much for the Bruins, but like for some other teams, like they let guys in who like yeah, they do. like Mike Fisher in Nashville what do you like yeah he's you know what was he like the franchise's first captain or some shit like I get I it but so. like that, yeah but like, that was a little different yeah but like I don't know like uh, Bergeron obviously hands down deserves to get his number retired but on the flip side Krejci I don't know if Krejci was playing in in Nashville Krejci's number would be hanging in the rafters maybe Krejci's a, yeah yeah like guys <laughs> like that you know but I think if you get a statue that is like, you're like immortal. Like you yes, are yeah. transcendent of the sport. You're an icon, and I think that Bergeron is that in ways. But like Bobby Orr has a statue. I was like, just gonna say, think about all the players in the Bruins history who are all time greats. You got Busick. You got Esposito. You have Ray Bork. You have freaking Rick Middleton. You have all these guys. Cam Neely. Oh, Cam Neely. I mean, only one of them has a statue. Yeah. It's Bobby, and, it's Bobby Orr. Yeah. And and again, like Bergeron, he's – I think I can confidently say now with his retirement, he's my favorite Bruin ever. Like my – they were never – I will never love a player as much as I love Patrice Bergeron. <clears throat> but – 
I'm not an idiot either. And he's not as important to the Bruins, to the NHL, to the game, to the city as Bobby Orr was like, let's come on. And he's not as, and he's not as influential as Ray Bork was not as, you know, he played longer than Cam Neely, but like if, if these players you just mentioned didn't get a statue, then I don't think Bergeron deserves one either. And there's a small handful of players in the NHL who even have a statue let alone Bruins. Like uh, Pekka Rene just got one in Nashville and for how good he yeah. was and what he meant for that franchise. What you're, you're really picking on Nashville in this segment. No, no. And it's just, I, 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 I didn't mean to, I just, just came to my head. Pekka Rene just got a statue in Nashville. Uh, does Gretzky have, I'm sure Gretzky, Gretzky probably has four of them and like multiple. Yeah, Gretzky's, Gretzky's got statues. I mean, but, I think you truly have to be transcendent and like, like um, like Agreed. Mount Rushmore of hockey, not just of the Bruins, to get a statue. And Bergeron is great in so many ways, but I just don't think he gets – he's deserving of a statue. Hey, well, right now we're going to bring somebody in studio. We got Brett Howard of the only Bruins. Oh, no! <laughs> he's going to give us his thoughts on Bergey. So here's Brett. Brett, what's up, dude? There he is. Not, not much, fellas. What's going on? <laughs> what's up, man? <laughs> Holy, what a shitty day. I'm so hammered. (laughs) It's a perfect time to join. Uh, (laughs) I jumped in and you guys are talking about statues and I heard a little bit there. What do you think about Bergeron and Char getting a statue together? See, the the thing that I was thinking, what about... Because you you have to think Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are going to get one together. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, only three cups. yeah, but it was 40 years, dude. And the city of Boston, like, I, I know, I get what you're saying. Like, like does TB12 have one yet? No. No. Not yet. Well, he he will. He, he will. will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, what Celtics, does any Celtics players have any? I think no, Bill Russell. Oh, what's his name? Um, I think Red Arbeck has one. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Russell had one, too. <sighs> I don't, it's so tough because of how much Bergeron was beloved. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's not statue worthy. Maybe eventually. I don't think anytime soon. Maybe not even in our lifetime we'll see it. Because yeah. like you got to think about how many people died and didn't see the Bobby Orr statue, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, and it's like, it's like Mel was saying too. Uh, Whitney on Spitting Chicklets is always arguing it, saying mm-hmm. you know you really have to transcend the sport to have a statue. Like a I statue mean, is different. Mural, mural in the arena, yes. Yeah. He could be like plaque worthy. Yes. Like you can you know like dedicate the uh, like a booth to him or something, or like give him a, <laughs> a suite in the garden. The, like they have, they could they could give him like a row. Like I know like he's still playing, but like Aaron Judge, they have like you know like the judges give, court give or whatever in the corner. They could have like Bergie friends or some shit he could have a whole section <laughs> give Bergy his own booth at like the greatest bar <laughs> oh, 90, 99s you meant R- RA honestly though like it, it's so tough there's one thing the one thing that the um, I hate bringing them up the Vancouver Canucks do that I really like is, is I think the Ottawa Senators do it as well they have like a ring of honor where like yeah. it's like the players that don't like meet the uh, jersey retirement, you know, criteria, but they were like huge in the like I like I know Bieksa last year he got inducted into the Ring of Honor and like I know Hosa's in the Ring of Honor of Ottawa and like you know what I mean like players like that and like it's tough because like this this goes on this conversation can go on forever because like Char is going to get his Bergeron's going to get his then there's like 
Marshawn, Krejci, and Tukarask who are deserving of it, but like Bruins don't just give like the numbers away to everybody, right? Right, yeah. and that's what we were saying too. It's like the difference between an organization like Boston and an organization like Mel was mentioning, Nashville. Like, there's a giant, giant Yeah, difference. dude, like, fucking Pekka Rune, like, made that organization. That's why he got, that's why he got that statue, right? And, like, yeah. that goes also into, like, that's where you could put the Chris Kellys, the, like, the Ring of Honor, the Luchichas, the Chris Kellys, if you don't want to, mar- like, retire Marshawn's jersey eventually, to grasp because the, the, the Tim Thomas, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. such a fucking sticky game we play with this, but um, I think he's... Because of like what you said about Whitney, everything, I think he's worthy of a statue Bergeron to bring it all back. I just don't know if we'll see it and if it'll actually happen. Yeah, like I know if people mention sense. all the time, and and it's kind of tough to do it, you know, with this player. But this moment, just in Boston, the city of Boston, and Boston sports, when they won in 2013, and there's that infamous picture of of Bergeron. Sagan and I think it was who was the third guy? Was it Marshawn as they were skating back up the ice after they scored the game winning yeah, goal? Yeah, yeah, the three yeah, of them yeah. side by side. Yeah. yeah, and Sagan slapping his stick on the ice. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that like, would be sick. Like as a statue, that would be. Yeah, like that would be so sick. Yeah, you can but, throw Sagan on there too. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly. the thing. It's like Sagan years in Boston. Exactly. Right. Can, like Sagan can just, wasn't here. Can just facing me, Louis Erickson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to, like, not to not to uh, have any spoilers leak, but I'm pretty sure Sagan's on Bobby Bruski's top 100 uh, Boston players of all time. Just just to leak a little. I think Matt Bartowski got added to the list today there too. We go. So. <laughs> the guy who never Who's scored a regular. Season goal with the Bruins. He scored only <laughs> that fucking series against but Toronto. Like, I feel it, like, yeah. I, like Bergeron. I don't like. I still don't think he's statue worthy. But like, I would like to see something more than just his his number retired. And I don't know yeah. what that is. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's like comfortably between your number hanging up <sighs> in a statue. Yeah, I know. You can man. get the parking garage named after you. Yeah, yeah, like, like with David Ortiz. Like with the David bridge. Ortiz. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure he'll have. Um, like, I, like I don't live in the New England area, but like, is there sports parks and like parks and shit named after athletes, like great athletes? I know, in the like, area? like the greatest. Like in Toronto, they do Toronto. that. They have like, they have Wendell Clark Park. They yeah. have like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I could see that with Bergeron, like especially with the hospital, maybe a wing of the hospital. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know That'd he be like was beloved in uh, Boston. I don't know what it's called. Um, yeah, the children's the hospital. hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that, like, and that was one of the things with Felino said coming over. Like, Bergeron was there day and night while him and his kid were in the hospital, and yeah. they didn't. Even, they played on opposite fucking teams at the time. <laughs> so. What do you think? What do you think about renaming? Because now people are all talking about renaming the Selkie Trophy. What do you, What do you guys feel about doing that? Actually, like the, that like, might it, be it. That might be Bergeron it. Trophy, or it could be the the is is he gonna all the Bergeron Cleary Selkie Trophy or something? Well, is he gonna pull a fucking Bobby Orr though? I, I feel like not. I don't want something named after me because that could happen too. It, and Honestly, I, I feel like is that kind of guy too. I know, the humble and classy guy. He would be like, right. nah, nah. You know what pisses me off about all this is on a podcast at the end of the year when we were talking about me and Boosie, we were talking about um, 
whether or not we think Bergeron's coming back, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, but like, he's the type of guy though, that like, he could look at this, like, okay, a hundred years clean slate. It's time for me to hand the team off to someone else. Yeah. And it's exactly what's fucking happening. And you know that because like I had someone, I had people DMing me today and I finally had to just fucking respond to them. And they're like, I had a couple people be like, it's his herniated disc, isn't it? It's his herniated. No, it's fucking not. He wants yeah. to be a dad. Yeah. That's yeah. what it fucking is. That's all it is. Like he's done everything he fucking can. He won a cup. He ha- he's been on three of the greatest fucking teams of all time in Bruins history, back to back to back. It fucking felt like so, yeah. and and, th- and that's in the second half of his career. He won six selfie selkie trophies. If you really look at it, playoffs or not, he went out on top. It's the yep. greatest fucking team of all time. Yep. You know yeah. what I mean? One of, like, one of his best seasons ever, too. Yeah, and like. What what you're gonna be mad at him for being a dad? Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it had to happen eventually. His poor fucking wife, dude. I know. I know. Crazy yeah. for years. And like, that's another thing too is people. Yeah, but his herniated disc. Maybe he could. Yep. Yeah, this guy played with a fucking broken, punctured fucking lung at yeah. one point. Yeah, he would have yeah. played through anything. It has nothing to do with whether his body's good or not. He would have pushed through it. It has to do with the fact that he wants to be a fucking dad and I can't be mad at him for that. It's yeah, one of the greatest yeah. things in the fucking world he's, besides he's, being a hockey player. He spent, 19, <laughs> he spent 19 years in the NHL. That's a he owes long us time. Nothing. He owes he's, us nothing. He's done everything a player can do on the ice. And to your point, it's not just being a dad, but I think about his dad too. I know how much he wanted mm-hmm. to play in front of him in Montreal because he's been sick and I'm sure he wants to spend as much time as he can with his kids and with his dad as well um i mean 19 years is a long time and Dude. all the concussions and how injuries old were you when he got drafted uh we I were was, just talking about that. i think it was four or five the, yeah, <laughs> yeah like jesus yeah. christ i was six i was in six years old when he got drafted i was 11 I started kindergarten, <laughs> like, I think 2004 so i was still like a toddler running but, around but, when but that's what i'm trying to say this is our whole life like my right. brother came home today and he was like, "How are you?" <laughs> Dude, I walked in I walked into my house from work today and I just Cuz like he in, know. Dude, I I just stood in front of like my front door just staring at my brother and I was like I didn't have any words. I was just like, "Oh my god." Like he's done. Like he's done. <laughs> like we're all in mourning. <laughs> Literally. And it's like I I I'm I'm glad we didn't see anybody online like, "Oh, he'll be back. He'll be- shut the fuck up. This yeah. guy is gone." <laughs> yeah, like he like- has said it for years. When he's done, he's done. That's yeah. it. It's not and That's it's what it. took so long. And it's not football. It's not the NBA. You're not going to see him all of a sudden in a month be like, "You know what? Never mind. I'm coming back." Like I'm, yeah. I'm back. See, and this like- is my thing. Okay, Gomo. Sorry, I was gonna say if he wanted to change his mind or whatever and come back. Ty Anderson tweeted today today that he made this decision in May, so he's had three right. months now to change his mind and go. Ah, I don't know, maybe not. But also, you give a huge shout out to the team and the organization, everybody for keeping tight lips and not leaking that Bergeron was retiring. Because yeah. I know watching that video and the announcements and everything, like they've had all oh, this dude. stuff planned for so long. Oh, and, and dude. Where like they must be like the feeling of them knowing for so long and then watching our reactions like yo shout I out to Marina last week on our podcast yeah she yet she fucking called this go listen at only Bruins we had Marina from uh, Barstool Sports on and uh, Garden Grizzlies fucking the fabulous Marina but she called it she fucking told us all last week she was like. Bergeron got his nose done and her and Ty Anderson talked about it through text that she showed us live that we're going to put the video out because this all happened now. She shows us live the pictures, the text messages like 
that, that I, she didn't know because I talked to her on and off air and I tried to get something out of her. She didn't know. Believe me, yeah. I tried. And yeah. it, it's just insane that like, nobody noticed that and it just we talk about it last week on the podcast out of just a limb Dude, fuck as soon as <laughs> as soon as i heard her say that i went back and i i was trying to like see the difference in some pictures and as soon as i saw it i was like oh, that's he's, just he's straight yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah i was like well i don't know it could be photoshopped and then i think somebody mentioned that it was it was the video right it was when video, he was, yeah. and i was like oh man yeah, it was just a screenshot that way yeah that was getting tossed around yeah but okay so this is what i was gonna piggyback off about what mel was saying this has been the plan the whole time yeah you know what i mean like there's no centers coming in this is the plan and this yep, is yeah. the plan going forward. If this wasn't the plan, they would have got Shifley when it was rumored that they were going to trade Swayman for him. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's where, like, I made a jokes tweet today. I was like, fucking Zach is better than Lynn Holm. I'm going to die on this hill. People are already getting <laughs> fucking pissed at me. I know. I love I it. I love it. <laughs> because I tweeted like an hour, 30 minutes earlier. I was like, if I see one person saying... Uh, who Bergeron's replacement's gonna be I'm gonna fucking deactivate And I already saw Lindholm shit So I was like fuck it I'm just gonna go full the opposite way And just be a dickhead about it <laughs> But, but in, re- in reality I'd rather Zaka at 4.75 Or Lindholm at 9.5 But that's a yeah. couple podcasts from now We'll talk about that later clearly yeah. Because that's gonna be the talk of the fucking summer going forward Oh but, my god I know <clears throat> Zaka Coyle Geeky Frederick That's your center squad yeah, it's it's not terrible. Um, Minnesota's is somehow still worse. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Pasternak and Marshawn. <laughs> all right, so all right, so let me pick your brain about this then. Um, with this news coming, and now it's certain that Bergeron's not coming back. Is this still a playoff team in your mind? Yeah, I've, I even said without Bergeron, you you make it in on the wild card spot. In yep. my opinion, yes, the Atlantic got better, but like. I saw a tweet today that Zach is one of the best one sees in the Atlantic. It was a joke, obviously, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like it's the whole Atlantic doesn't have one sees. Yeah. The, the fucking Toronto has whatever, but that's kind of an anomaly because they, what do they even have a goal yet? Or yeah, he signed. Yeah. So like, uh, I'm not <clears throat> with our defensive core. I'm not worried. Um, we had the Jennings winner. I don't see why Vesna can't or why Vesna. <laughs> why all can't keep up the Vesna caliber, and Same I also thing. can't see why Swayman can't battle Allmark for the Vesna. He would right. did last year for the second yeah. half of the season, so it's like that. I'm not worried about what I'm worried about, or you know, you know what I'm excited for? Guys like Beecher, guys like Partois, yes. guys like Lissell. Like, let's go! It's turnover yes. season. That's like, fucking that's shit. That's what we were saying earlier too. It's yeah. that, like that's something to look forward to this year. You have these young guys who are going to be fighting for these spots. What does Oscar Steen have? Can we right. fucking figure it out by now? Right. I'm, even, I'm wondering if he even exists, dude. I haven't seen that Jesus. guy in the big forever. Well, even even defensively too, you're going to see more of Zaboral probably. You're going to see Lorai potentially. Like, there's these guys to look at this year and that are going to be fighting for spots. You know what's also really ironic about us signing a bunch of veterans to one year, like $1 million, is if it doesn't work out, you just trade them at the deadline. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, everything's starting to make a lot more sense now. Yeah, every, it, it all makes sense. There's, there's always been a plan in there. 
um, you just have to trust Sweeney. They know what they're doing. They're not just signing guys to sign guys. Like these guys are in the positions that they're in because they know what they're doing. We have one of the, we've had one of the best teams in the past decade, maybe the number one best team, regular season and playoffs combined. Um, so you just have to trust these guys. They know what they're doing. Didn't Jay Fresh without Bergeron has us winning the Atlantic yeah. without Bergeron? Does yeah. he really? So, yeah. And he had us oh winning God. the league last year and was right, obviously. And it was like a landslide. And he was like, I don't get it. My shit's fucked up. I remember him saying all this about it. And then halfway through the year, he was like, yeah, I rescind everything I said. My my model's amazing, blah, blah, blah. Because, like, that's, a, that's the thing with our team. Yes, maybe we don't have the best team on paper, but we have analytic fucking darlings. Yeah. So, and yes, eye test, yes, on the ice test, all of it. But, like, I expect Zaka to put up 75 points this year. Yeah. he should. If he's playing a top six role consistently, maybe even number one center, then yeah, for sure. Also, with this making JVR a top six guy for sure right now, do you think he, he's got to put up at least 20, right? I think that, he can. At, yeah, least think 20, he can. at least 20 goals and, like, 55 to 60 points. If you just stick him in front of the net, dude. So do you have Coyle playing with Marshawn and DeBrusque or Geeky? I have Coyle. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got Coyle. It worked in the Coyle. playoffs. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm excited for Geeky too. I want to see what Geeky can do. A third line of Geeky, Frederick, and Lee Sell is going to be lit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, or even Merkuloff, whoever. It's going to be fucking lit, that line. Dude, you could even throw Lauko in there too. Lauko, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I still I want to see a kid line on the fourth line. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, see, I want I want now that Bergeron's not coming back, I want Lucic and Beecher as yeah. my Ooh. left left center. I want him to teach him. It's perfect opportunity. Same thing Felino did with Frederick last year. Yeah. Bring these guys in, let them learn from the vets, and like we were kind of mentioning earlier, Mel, Lucic is coming in with that Bruins culture. Like if he had a choice, he yeah. never would have left. He never would have left. He's been aching to come back ever since. He's, he's bringing been, that back with him. He's been sending late night texts to Sweeney ever since he got traded out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's been begging to come back. Did you see they were they were talking about like when he decided to come back or something? And I think I don't know if it was like a, a press conference with Sweeney or something, but he said at like twelve oh one on that Saturday mm-hmm. he got a text from Lucic and it was just like a Bruins hat on the yeah. table. The, the, yeah, the, that that fucking hat. I bought the one Mel's wearing. He went and changed. Or, sorry, all Sully, of, Mel. Jesus he Christ. Went, he went I'm and drunk, boys. His, his Twitter profile picture of him holding the Stanley Cup and everything. It was a worst yeah. kept secret in hockey that Lucic was coming back. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, it was. and it was just because I feel like there was a lot of questions around him. Like, it, not that it didn't make sense, but it was just kind of like. Why? And like Sully and I were mentioning earlier, now with Bergeron leaving and just the locker room presence and everything that Lucic can bring to this team off the ice, I feel like a lot of it is starting to make more sense. I saw a tweet today, and I'm going to add on to it. I think it was Ty Anderson. He was like, I did not think I would see Lucic playing a game in a Bruins jersey after Bergeron retired. <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, what the fuck? Even, even crazier, do we see Krejci in a Bruins jersey after Bergeron retires? Yeah. All right. Sully... Silly was throwing in January. If he wants to come back, I bring him back. Okay. Why not? Arrest, Who gives a shit? Crazy too, if he doesn't yeah, have any injuries. Who gives a fuck? What's it yeah. going to do? Even Sully, if, 
Well, well, my thing is, I think if we're not in a playoff spot, he's going to come back either way just to gear up for the world championships. Yeah. Because he wants to play in those really bad, right? And I thought that was very odd if Berger, him saying that was very odd if Bergeron was coming back because we were making the playoffs if Bergeron was coming back. Right? Yeah. But now Bergeron's not coming back. It's kind of like, huh. That comment he made is really fucking interesting about January. And Sully and I were talking about this earlier. We were talking about who the next captain is. What do you think the odds are that opening night Lucic skates out there with that C on his sweater? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they do Marshawn like that, but I I get where your head's at. I get where your head's at. In my opinion. No, we're we're completely joking. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know, I know. But there goes, dude, I'm still pissed because on my last podcast, I said the opening night roster better be Marshawn, Bergeron, and Lucic. Yeah, I was going to say, there goes the pipe dream. That sucks. So... Oh, his mic cut up. I don't know. <laughs> did, the, did it? Am I back? You're back. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're back. back. You're back. Okay. <laughs> I just swore. Why? <laughs> that's all I really. Oh man, why did this have to fucking happen? Um, it just—it's a new era. It's a new era of uh, Bruins hockey. It is. It, it's how he's looking at it. He's like, I got to hand the team off at some point. I right. swear to God. Yeah. No, like, what it, you said makes a lot of sense. And the, the turning over of a new leaf on the 100th season. Yeah. It just, they were going to make the money either way. Oh, his mic keeps cutting out. <laughs> is it cutting out again? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No, no. And your feed is like it's really a- like pixelated. So you're like... Oh, it's, it's my fucking, it's my shitty internet, boys. It's the Canadian internet. It's all good. Net, people can't see I'm crying and fucking uh, shit over here. Hey, well, um, let's do some closing thoughts here. Mel, Mel, I'll start with you and I'll go down the line. Any closing thoughts on this episode? Oh, just boundless amounts of depression. It sucks. I, I didn't think of all days, you know, a uh, random Tuesday in July that I was going to check my phone and see that Bergeron retired, especially because I've been banging the drums for the last. Brett, you missed this too. I was saying three weeks ago, I was talking about how Bertuzzi's coming back and there's no way he's leaving. And then he left. And then literally for the last year, I've been saying Bergeron is coming back next year. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> and now he's gone. But uh, I think it's, it's obviously for a million reasons, a huge culture change for the Bruins is going to be a different looking team on the ice. It's weird. Um, I, I feel like opening night, he's not going to be out there and be like, Oh, he's probably just hurt. Oh, where is he? Like, you know, like I'm, Oh, you'll be expecting him all year to come back at some point. But um you know, you can't be more happy for the guy. He, if anybody deserves retirement, it is Patrice Bergeron for what he's put his body through the last 20 years. So couldn't be more happy for the guy. Whenever they announce his Jersey retirement, we got to figure out a way to be there because that's a night I would love to be in the garden to see. Um, But just, you know, I feel like I'm mourning a lost one. Like it sucks. I wasn't (laughs) expecting this to do this today. (laughs) I know Brett, Brett, any closing thoughts on this one? Hopefully I can make through this with my mic fucking cutting out and me crying, but (laughs) it's just tough boys. Like, like Mel just said it, I'm so happy for Bergeron. I'm so happy for his family. Um, You know, it it was going to be time. Eventually we got, he owed us nothing. He was such a warrior for us. The, the city of Boston is his home. 
dude, as him being like Captain Canada and like yep. you guys liking him, that's like, a, you know what I mean? As Americans, like you guys took him in as your own. That's oh, huge. Yeah. Like for us, no, like, cause hockey's big up here, but like having one of our greats, especially one that's not beloved by everyone, loved by such a rich, historic American city is such, you know, is such a proud thing. And I know that's something that Bergeron holds his hat on. So, yeah. um, it sucks. We'll get through it. Ah, <laughs> fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. just, thanks yeah. for having me on to fucking talk shit for a couple minutes here, boys. But, um... <laughs> You know, on, on on to brighter and better things, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Bergeron, Bergeron was uh, Canada's gift to America. Just, Trudeau just yeah. wrapped him up and sent him to Boston. Dude, they were talking. Crosby was talking today about how he uh, in the 2010 team they weren't going to pick Bergeron, and he told them that he wanted Bergeron as his center. That's a big yeah. fucking thing. That's you know? giant. Yeah, yeah, he also. I mean, Crosby was also mentioning too how Bergeron's the reason why he took less on his contracts yeah. because Ber- Bergeron told him he gave him that advice and he took it. He changed the game at a point where people needed it changed, but it was like so subtle and it's just like he's 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 up there with Eiserman and Sackick. It's Mister yeah. Bergeron from now. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he is. He's Mister Bergeron for now. Mister um, Bergy, <laughs> yeah. dude. What a what? A, that's a good way to end it though. Um. You know, shitty situation that we're kind of having to talk through right now, but also very appreciative of, you know, everything that he's done, not only for the city, not only for the Bruins organization, um, not only for hockey, but it just the the way that he handled himself and his career when he was playing in Boston, how respected he was around the league by literally everybody except for maybe Alex Burroughs, but he learned his lesson on that. (laughs) There was a real quick, there was a cool clip today of his first shift or before his first shift, he was sitting on the bench. They're like, yeah, the Bruins are really high on him. Like he's going to be, hopefully he turns out to be a promising uh, prospect and has a long, good career or something. And then it just like dot, dot, dotted to like him playing now. And it was just like, oh, he did it. Oh, man. Oh, my God. All the fan cans of Bergeron. I went on TikTok today and I saw a couple like fan cans of like the sad songs with like the super edited videos of Bergeron. I was like, oh my TikTok's about to make me cry with these. I was, yeah, dude. They, they'll t- they'll tug at your heartstrings for sure. But I yeah. mean, I mean, what a career. What a legend in the city of Boston. I mean, there, you couldn't have asked for a better captain to lead your team for fucking almost two decades. It's, it's insane. All with the Bruins too. It's it's people I hope people really truly do appreciate everything that he gave to the city. You know, all his dedication to the organization, the people of Boston and and, and you know I know we're super appreciative and I hope everyone else is too. But um outside of that, um look out for a, an announcement on our Twitter in the coming few days. Um you know there's some uh some big announcements coming with something's brewing and um as always you can follow myself on twitter at underscore mike sullivan you can follow nick on twitter at nick melanson underscore and you can follow brett on twitter at brett howard underscore also at the only bruins podcast at only bruins so at, at only bruins pod there you go we switched it we switched you did all right there we go yeah so but other than that you know you guys thank you all for listening um again bergeron what a career all of us are very thankful for it and um appreciative of getting to watch you throughout our entire lives honestly so it's a new era for bruins hockey um the the leaf is turning over and with that being said 
Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Merci for juice. Bye. I mean, I hope the answer is no, but do you see the end? <laughs> um, yeah, eventually the end is 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 closer than than it it's it's been, right? So I know that I'm not foolish to think that you know there's a, a lot ahead, but I'm trying to enjoy the now. We talked about that earlier, you know. I think right now it's especially more. At this stage of my career is like I need to enjoy every every moment.